How are we doing? And welcome to the dedicated Transform Your Body, Mind and Life podcast. So this week, popular topic is summer holidays. So we've had a lot of parents get in touch. Uh, obviously, it's been a six weeks holidays. Um, a lot of people have put a bit of weight on. They've been a bit relaxed with their food. Uh, typically, you know, more takeaways, more meals out with the kids, more sweet things being around the house, uh, you know, more movie nights, film nights, uh, popcorn comes out, takeaways come out, chocolates come out, sweets come out. So it's natural for this this to happen. Um, now, typically, if it's the odd day or two here and there, or odd periods within the days themselves, you can damage control. You know, we can. It's a lot easier to to manage around. But when it comes to six weeks of it, you've got to bear in mind the effort required to build up the positive habit and a positive routine in your life it's just as easy to subconsciously do that with negative habits so it essentially becomes your new lifestyle it's not just something you've just done once or twice it becomes your new routine now it doesn't mean you're stuck it doesn't mean you can't come out of it it just requires a little bit of work so we'll break this down into how to damage control um, and also what to do after I don't like using the term binge unless it's called for, but let's just call for for the sake of argument. Let's just call it a binge, you know, just a, a big influx of, of shitty foods, and and I don't mean this from a, a foodie's perspective. I someone who enjoys food, who eats for the taste. I'm talking about the levels where someone has eaten past the point of of tasting that food or being satisfied with that food, and they're just eating it and eating it and and sort of nonstop. So we'll go into a bit of detail about what we can do there. So the first things first, most people have got in touch have either asked us what they can do to claw it back or they've been telling us what they have been doing and asking us if it's right. And the common theme here, which you could guess anyway, is more, more, most people tend to just smash the cardio, you know, jump on the treadmill, go out for a run or not eat the rest of their meals for the day or sort of essentially starve themselves or, or try and go into some form of unhealthy fast. Now the downside with this is if you can't maintain that, that willpower, willpower is not in demand, if you can't maintain that mindset with the food that you have, adding more cardio or taking away food is only going to increase that deficit which is going to lead to lower energy, lower willpower, more cravings and poorer food choices and poorer choices in general and just all around feeling shit. So the worst thing you can do is just cut your food and, and try and do more cardio to claw it back. Just because you've eaten a Snickers bar for 200 calories doesn't mean you need to go and do 200 calories on the treadmill. It doesn't work like that. So don't forget, a, a calorie is a calorie, but not all calories are utilised the same way. Now, the first thing we get people to do, if once they've had a binge, obviously it's, it's relevant to the individual and the amount, but typically, instead of starving yourself, it's the opposite. It's to actually put fats into your diet. Now, this will slow down uh, the breakdown of what you've just put in your body, you know, depending on what you've eaten, let's just say it's a few donuts and some biscuits and some chocolate, you know, typically what happens is you have a massive spike in energy, then what comes with that is a massive crash. Once you have that crash, your body then needs, or it feels like it needs that next hit and it will chase that next sort of dopamine hit to get them sugars back in. So we need to slow that process down. So fiber, you know, veg, um, obviously veg isn't going to be the most excitable thing or exciting thing to eat after you've just had a bit of a binge so the next realistic option is some fats so you have the option of say peanut butter or nuts it's always safe to go down the, the route of the nuts purely because plain cashew nuts aren't as moorish as you getting a spoon and dipping into a jar of peanut butter so get fats in you get fiber in you that will help slow down the breakdown which means you're less likely to have that aggressive crush which means you're less likely to want to then binge again or eat more again 
also going forward, protein in your meals, it'll be, it helps promote fullness. Uh, high, high fiber foods, again, it's going to help control your appetite. It's going to control and help give you that feeling of fullness, which means you're less likely to eat shit. Realistically, if you're full, if, you, if you're well satiated with your meals, you're less likely to think about sweet things here and then. You're less likely to binge on something else. Also going to take into account sleep takes a big hit especially when you've got realistically most people if they slip up they're going to slip up towards the end of the day people rarely slip up early on because the mental bandwidth is fresh they can make better decisions even in the afternoon they're more likely to make better decisions but in the evening that's when the, the day's stress the day's conversations is taking its toll and you just you're more likely to make food, uh, poor food choices which can then at that time of the day especially with sugars can lead to poor sleep now the domino effect here is lack of sleep or or sleep deprivation or not good quality of sleep is just going to increase your appetite and it's going to lead to more emotional eating it just becomes a vicious cycle and you get huge spikes in stress stress is also obviously linked to binge eating and emotional eating everything here works hand in hand Now, you can't just make stress disappear, but you can manipulate and dilute the rate in which stress comes into your life. I don't care what you do, you can always manipulate it in one way or another. The stress is still gonna be there, but you can definitely damage control it. If you damage control your stress, you're more likely to make better food choices going forwards, and you're less likely to have that all or nothing attitude and just binge and just eat whatever's in sight. There's a few ways you can help combat this. You don't want to make the mistake of waiting for the slip up to happen and then having the slip up and then trying to claw it back because that'll never work. 
you want to essentially look back and think, what were the trigger points? What caused this? Six weeks holiday. Okay, so realistically, your kids probably still got a few more of them coming up. If that's the case, don't just wait till it comes and not be prepared for it. Know in advance that your life has to adapt for them six weeks realistically. The same for half term, the same for Christmas time, you know, whatever else. If it comes, if it's recurring and it comes each year, you need to be prepared for it because the first time, fair enough, you know, you, you learn from it. It just, it happens. You can't expect it. But if you don't put sort of, if you don't take that data and that feedback and put a plan in place or attempt to put a plan in place to damage control it for the next year, it's it's sort of your own fault really because you're not learning from your mistakes. It's essentially like a couple having an argument. If you argue about the same shit every week and you don't fix it, it's your own fault. It's just toxic. Whereas if you fix it and then you have another argument the next week and the next week, but every argument is something different, yeah, obviously, you, you may not be healthy that you're still arguing. However, you are learning from previous arguments, not having the same argument again, and you all, you're always constantly learning and, and getting that data and getting that feedback. The same applies for food here, or you know, why have you missed a training session, or why have you missed cardio? Same goes for food. Take the data, take the feedback, and, and learn what you can. So six weeks is coming up. It'll come up again next year. So what was it that caused you to slip up? What was the trigger point? You know, a common theme was uh, I was cooking dinner for the kids and I just ended up picking at that and ended up eating that rather than making my own. Well, there's an easy fix there. If you just sit down for five seconds and you acknowledge that problem, you know what to do in advance next time. Make your own food first or make them together or let the kids eat. Whichever way you want to look at it, that the kids, whatever the kids eat, they're going to eat. That's not your life. That's not you. You do not have to eat that. And realistically, again, from most of the feedback, it wasn't even anything special. It was just because it was there. So if you think about it, if you prep your food in advance or if you eat in advance, you're going to be more satiated. You're going to make better decisions. So when you're making whatever kid, whatever food your kids have in, you're going to be less likely to want to eat that because you're satiated, you're satisfied, you're full because you've planned your day accordingly. This isn't just for the six weeks holiday. This is for anything that you know is recurring. If you look at all the external factors that potentially make people fall off plan or tempt people, there is a big chunk of things that are erratic that you can't account for but there's also a big chunk of things that are common that are always there that constantly recur that you can plan and prepare for for when it comes around again or for if it comes around regardless of whether it's erratic or not if it's an external circumstance like holidays and whatnot or illnesses uh, you can plan in advance so you know how to combat them going forwards and yeah don't expect it to be perfect on the first goal it's all about data, it's all about trial and error. Realistically, you might have to absolutely shock in the first time. The next six weeks holiday, you might have implemented a few things, you might be 50% better, which is a huge, a huge chunk of progression. You take out what doesn't work, you keep in what does work, you push on what does work. Next, uh, next six weeks holidays come along, you never know, you might have closed that gap to an extra 25% and so on and so on. Just like with your progression in training, there is no, we're not chasing perfection here, we're chasing progression. And even if it's a one percentile, it's still, it might seem negligible, it's still progressing in the right direction and working under damage control. And you can carry this concept over into most things all the time. What, what we do with our clients when there's a common theme, or first things first, we look for a common theme. We pinpoint what were the trigger points. Was it, was it a work situation? Was it stress from work? Okay, right. Was it a particular person, a conversation with a person? We can really pinpoint what it is. You know, in the evenings, what time of the day is it? Okay, it's the same time every day. 
right, well, it's a gap between this meal and this meal, so we need to either move meals around or we need to divide meals up or we need to space your day out a little bit more. You can pinpoint every single thing, anything that comes, any bit of feedback, whether it's what you deem to be good or bad, is feedback, it's data. You can deconstruct it, you can dissect it, and you can use it to put a plan in place. Like I said, don't expect it to be perfect, but putting a plan in place is being proactive and trying to fix the problem. We're trying to put a, a solution in place for the problem. And the more you do that, the better you get at it. The better you your damage control is, the better you are prepared for these external factors when they, they come along. And it makes you more self-sufficient for when these problems come along. You can, you can attack them better, which means you're less likely to have these slip-ups. You're less likely to have these binges. You're less likely to worry when these things pop up because you know you're suited for them better than you were, you know, X amount of months ago, X amount of years ago. There's a couple of ways that you can use the data and the feedback to prepare for the next cycle or for the next year or for the next holiday or for the next break or whatever it might be. But a couple of things I want to go back to are the mistakes people make trying to claw back these slip ups. So do not hit the treadmill. Do not start running. Don't try and do anything different to what you've already been doing. You just draw a line underneath it. Don't skip breakfast. A lot of people make this mistake. You can push your breakfast back a little bit if you like, but don't skip food early on. Or don't skip food at all. But don't skip food early on. That's Essentially, when we look at cravings and binges, it's not that one thing that causes them to happen. You've got to look at it as a, as a threshold. Now, you being stressed or you being hungry or you not eating or, or whatever it might be, you're getting closer and closer to this threshold. Once you hit that threshold, the binge then starts. You can... Just like we talked about stress, you can stay underneath that threshold. You can manipulate the pace in which it comes. You can buy yourself back some of that pressure to keep underneath that threshold to keep you from, from doing that. One thing people think they do and they think they're smart doing it is to push their meals back so they have more food to eat in a smaller window. Now, the concept is fine. Yeah, I get that. It works. However, if you're trying to stop a, a problem that's quite small by pushing your meals back, but in essence, you create a problem of pushing them back so far you get ravenous and end up, end up exploding and binge eating the problem that you've tried to, to save you've probably made 20 times worse by having that that binge so you've got to find where you're everyone's threshold is different everyone's mental capacity is different everyone is different and their circumstances so you've got to find where your threshold is and sometimes don't panic but sometimes you have to hit the threshold and make the mistake a few times to learn from it to know where that threshold is i've done it myself personally as well Sometimes you need to know what that threshold is to know to know exactly how far you can push it and, and where you need to be careful, where you need to look out for these trigger points. So don't panic if they do happen. But pushing, meal, pushing meals back or skipping meals is a, is a big no-no. Also, plan ahead as much as you can. Even if you don't like prepping your meals in advance, have the things ready in the fridge or know what days your shops are going to be or what days your food's going to get delivered if you get food delivered. Have a rough idea of what you're going to be making. If you do prep in advance, great. It's even easier then because you know the food's ready in the fridge. I'm not saying you have to sit there and have meal timing set out, but it does help if you've got some sort of schedule with your day, some sort of schedule with your food. What we tend to find is people think initially that their training and nutrition will be better on the days that they're off work or when they're, with, they're on holiday, uh, like away from the office. But in reality, they actually find it harder because they don't have that structure that they have in work. They don't have set meal times, they don't have set break times, they don't have that routine, that structure to, to, to make it easier for them. Left to their own devices, people make stupid decisions most of the time. So even when you are at home, even if you work for yourself and you control your, control your own diary, 
having rough meal timers in place makes it so much it's so beneficial it will help you so much because you've got something to stick to something to aim for and naturally after a short period of time and this goes for myself as well your body gets used to their meal timers it gets used to that routine therefore your body is more regulated and the added benefit of this is that your sleep is going to be more in sync your rest is going to be more in sync your recovery is going to be more in sync even emotionally mentally the more routine the more structure you have in your life the better you will function you know it's not just about a training plan it's not just about a diet plan it's about that better quality of life that we constantly chase not just for ourselves but with clients as well and, and hopefully with you guys so a lot of this a lot of this will come down to an emotional response to food so the worst thing you can do worse than smashing the cardio worse than starving yourself is don't hate yourself after it's happened don't beat yourself up about it you take the data you take the feedback you don't try and undo the work or the damage you just draw a line underneath it essentially forgive yourself learn from it be thankful you've got that data and feedback and if you waste it it's on you utilize it use it and and make yourself a better person from it like take that data home with you take that data deconstruct it dissect it just don't beat yourself up because a lot of eating disorders a lot of these binge binges you know missed training days whatever you want to call it, it a lot of it nine times out of ten comes from an emotional response to something and you beating yourself up or you making yourself feel bad or you making yourself feel shit isn't going to help that if i've ever had a slip up in the past I don't hit the treadmill, I don't start smashing workouts, I don't definitely don't starve myself. You know, it's been a long time since I've had any sort of slip up as such, but I just draw a line underneath it, take the data, take the feedback, I write down what my trigger points are and what to look out for next time. If anything it's gonna be stress with myself. Um, you know, I, I, I deconstruct what was it that caused me the stress, can I break it down, can I can I get rid of it, can I dilute it, can I drip feed it, you know, whatever I can do to, to again we're not chasing perfection here we're chasing progression whatever i can do to dilute that in any capacity i will do because it keeps me further and further away from that threshold the same thing with yourself so do not beat yourself up don't feel shit don't feel like you've failed take the data take the feedback learn from it and be prepared next time or learn to be more prepared next time don't forget you'll never be 100 percent, and that is fine but you can constantly chase that one percent 